The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I get strong, I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the mirror while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Cause you and I outweigh. All right. Hey, Outweigh fam. Amy here. And uh, it's just me and a friend, Leanne Ellington, today. Lisa is not with us. Some episodes, you got Lisa and a guest. Some episodes, you got me and Lisa. Some episodes, you got me and a guest. So that is what is going down today. And I had the privilege of meeting Leanne a year ago. She did my Four Things with Amy Brown podcast, and I just had such a great time with you and just really appreciated all of your wisdom and insight. And I know that you have your own disordered eating past and story. So I want you to just recap that for people quickly. Maybe they heard you on my Four Things podcast, or maybe this is totally all brand new to them. But I know a lot of people are listening to Outweigh because they have been in a similar place as you or maybe me, or they've dealt with food and body image issues, or maybe they're trying to learn more about it because they have a friend or a family member that is going through that. And then after Leanne shares her story, we're going to get into things that you can do to pull yourself out of a negative rut. This is Leanne's specialty. Sometimes we can get into a vicious cycle in our head and we've created all these pathways that are telling us things about our, our body and food that are super negative. So 
we're going to talk through it with Leanne and she's going to give us some tools and ways to break those bad habits inside our brains. So welcome, Leanne. Thank you. Thank so glad you. to be back. So glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being here with us uh, and joining us for Outweigh. And what's your quick story of you know how you got to where you are, which is on the other side, and, and just offering that hope to people that that can happen? Yeah, the Cliff Notes version is, you know, I was a sedentary, overweight, unhealthy kid turned into teenager, adult, and, and you know, brought it with me into adulthood. And my first Weight Watchers meeting was when I was in third grade. So from a very young age, food became this very personal thing and my self-image and body image followed suit. And so I carried that with me into adulthood. And in my 20s, I kind of got to that point where I had one of my first enough is enough points. And I got to, you know, said, you know, something's got to give. And I went down the road of what was available to me to lose weight. And I lost close to a hundred pounds. And again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I was using the whole eat less, move more, harder, faster, more, what I call the diet mentality of, you know, control, weigh, measure, restrict, obsess, Carbs are bad, fats are bad, fats are good, carbs are good, depending on what decade it was at the time. But all of it gave this obsession over food, obsession over my body, not to mention this kind of disordered relationship with my body, what I saw in the mirror, all of that. But again, I didn't know what I didn't know. And after I lost a significant amount of weight, I wanted to help other women. So I got into the fitness industry. And my fitness business kind of blew up because everyone resonated with, I was, I was kind of playing the whole fat girl to fit girl angle at the time, or those were the words I was using and, or other people were using about me. And, you know, it, it really blew up. And all of a sudden I became this authority to other people about how to lose weight. And again, I was teaching the diet mentality and, you know, it came to a head when I had kind of a, a quarter life crisis where I realized that what I was doing to myself was so unhealthy. It was the opposite of health. It was the opposite of happiness because at the height of, you know, when I looked like what I always wanted to look like since I was a little girl, I was miserable. My my self-image was, you know, full of self-rejection and isolation and, and shame, so much shame. Not to mention, I was in this food prison where I knew that if I stopped tracking or counting or weighing or measuring, or if I stopped working out, like I, I didn't have a handle on it. A lot of it came to a head in what I now call my cost of skinny, which was major spine surgery. I didn't listen to my body. I kept trying to out-exercise my food struggles and I majorly hurt myself. Not to mention what I now call my fat head, where even though I looked a certain way, the self-image and the goggles that I were seeing myself through, I still saw myself as fat. Fat became a feeling, even though it's not a feeling. And, you know, that cycle progressed until I had this enough is enough moment. People thought I was crazy. I shut down a very successful fitness empire at the time. You know, I was on TV. I was in magazines. I was on the radio. I was at CNN, like corporate wellness programs, you name it. And I just walked away from it all because I knew I had healing that needed to be done and that I was called to something higher and bigger. I went and healed my relationship with food, healed my relationship with, with my body and really started taking a self-image approach because I knew that what I was seeing was not how I was feeling and, and vice versa. And, you know, that was about 10 years ago or nine years ago that I closed my, my fitness studio and stepped into what I'm doing now. And now what I do is I help women that are stuck in that diet obsession or food craziness or feeling crazy around food 
really heal that relationship with themselves, heal their relationship with food and their bodies by taking really a neuroscience and brain-based approach and a self-image and identity approach to really heal it, not just put Band-Aids on it, not, you know, patch it up and and try to out-diet the problem, but really address it from the root and find a, a lifelong forever solution. I feel like nine years ago, I mean, that you're, you're ahead of where I was. I feel like, uh, and I know you're not on Instagram a lot, but for me, that's where I learned about this whole anti-diet world and that there was this big movement happening and there was another way because for so long, diets were just so acceptable. I mean, shoot, you were taken to a Weight Watchers meeting at 10 years old like that was normal yeah. because it was. I mean, it wasn't our moms. They dieted. It, was kind, it wasn't even like it was a thing. It was like, oh, yeah, of course, we're just going to track what we eat, count these points. It's fine. Like that was normal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. This conversation wasn't being had. You know, a lot of people in my life thought I was kind of crazy for going out and having these conversations. I had a my a coach that I was was helping me build my fitness business, I remember him saying like, Leanne, nobody's going to buy mindset. Nobody is going to buy emotional health. Like they'll buy weight loss. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go find the people that need help emotionally. And it's not about that. It's not about business anymore. This is about, this is a soul game now. Okay. So the diet and weight loss industry, I think is $71 billion. I just Googled it while you were talking. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) That is crazy. I mean, and so a lot of people have followed that because yes, that's where the money is. But then when you look at, you know, the damage that has been done because of all of said diets out there. And I have definitely tried my fair share of them. I just want to want people to know that there is another way. Maybe there's this your first time listening to Outweigh and you're hearing anti-diet culture. Maybe you're not on Instagram or you're not following the right people. I mean, I feel like sometimes you can get inundated with different kinds of accounts depending on who you follow. And then you see and you think that that's the norm. But then once I started to really follow specific accounts that were going to help educate me and actually help me unlearn. Oh yeah. Like I was learning a lot, but also having to unlearn a lot of things. Um, It was just super helpful for me. And it allowed me to kind of clear out junk that I was receiving and had been receiving for so many years. Yeah. From family and friends too. So yeah, good for you for being way ahead of the curve and, you know, not just chasing where the money was. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's true. Like that whole weight loss mentality, it became the authority where people thought that it was true and having this awareness that there is another way. I mean, that in itself, the women I talk to, just knowing there is a better path, even if they haven't started down it yet, just knowing that it's out there, it gives hope to the hopeless. Yeah. Oh, I and I love the whole hope thing because that is what we like to offer here is that there is that that hope, that there is another way. And so wh- what do you have for us when it comes to our mindset and when we are stuck in a negative rut? And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, they have been putting in the work. I know that some days I know I put in the work, but I have unhealthy days that pop up where my brain is just going back to old patterns because that's what it's used to. So what do you have for us? Or maybe for some people, this is completely new or like others like me, they just get stuck in a rut some days. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, I mean, if I could go back and tell myself something 10 years ago, it would just be to give awareness of what's going on and help me understand why I do what I do. Why am I having this cause and effect relationship with myself? Because the reality is, is back in the day, I just thought I was crazy. I thought that I was the abnormal one and that I was the only one struggling with this. So 
you know, even just outside of the mindset scope, just telling anybody that's listening, you know, the whole disordered eating struggle and really suffering that comes alongside it, nobody knows how how dark it can be and how much shame there is. And so just helping women understand that they are not alone and that this is something that there is an, a solution to and they don't have to live like this and that they don't have to be ashamed because it is, like you just said, there is a multiple, you know, what did you say? $70 billion industry that is helping enforce these, these habits. So knowing that like, this isn't your fault, you didn't cause it. It's just a product of what you're being influenced by. And there's a lot of influence out there. That's thing number one, you know, speaking on the topic of awareness, instead of addressing the symptoms, which is really the self-talk, like how do I address the cause and stop the cause of what's causing me to talk to myself, like self-rejection and self-loathing and, and those shame, shame statements. Um, I call it the drama, right? But there's two categories that I create awareness to. The first is like, what's causing it? Is it because it's the strategy that you're taking? And noticing like, is it because you are trying to use weapons of control, like restriction and deprivation and punishing yourself with, with workouts or punishing yourself by not eating, right? You know, deprivation, starvation, counting, weighing, tracking, measuring that obsessive kind of mentality, just knowing that that is what's probably causing the type of self-talk, like, why can't I stick with this? Or what's wrong with me? Or what, you know, why am I so great at everything else? And I'm failing at this, that kind of failure self-talk, the shame self-talk of, you know, again, what's wrong with me or why, why can't I stick with this? The guilt, why did I eat that? Why can't I stop this? You know, the hopelessness of like, is this how it's always going to be? Just so recognizing where it shows up and knowing that, oh, it's not that I'm weak-willed. It's not that I'm a self-sabotager. It's the strategy that I'm using would cause even the most motivated and most strong-minded woman to feel like they're self-sabotaging. And just, again, giving yourself compassion, knowing like, wait, this isn't a me problem. This is the strategy that I'm using. So that would be like the first category. But then the other category would be noticing where's the narrative, like the big picture narrative of who you think you are in your life, in your relationships, where is that narrative causing this, this drama, which is the, the shame, the blame, the guilt, the comparisonitis, the perfectionism, right? And is it that self-image, that narrative that's causing you to think that there's something wrong with you, calling yourself words like fat or ugly or unlovable or a failure or a self-sabotager? So noticing, is it because I'm using the wrong strategy and that's causing me to you know think I am this way? Or is it because there's a narrative that I'm telling myself that's really a lie? It's not true, but it's a lie that we picked up along the way or we, you know, somebody said it about us or we said it about ourselves. And we've been stepping into that narrative every single day. Both of those things are transformable. So, but first takes the awareness of like, wait, what if I'm, maybe it's because I have a strategy that's not serving me, AKA this disordered eating, this dysmorphic relationship with our bodies, right? Or B saying, no, it's this big picture narrative that I never chose, I never voted on, and I'm not going to feed it any longer. So having that awareness. And then, you know, if you were to get nitty gritty, once you see that, I call it the inner bitches, right? And it's it's those those voices of drama. I was going to say, okay. I mean, that's because you have a book called yeah. How to Ditch the Bitch. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, you know, I call it your inner bitches, which are those those dramatic voices, the voices of shame, blame, guilt, comparisonitis, perfectionism that shows up in the self-talk and body talk of any woman that does have a kind of, you know, self-rejecting relationship with herself. And, and the truth is, is that for me, it's a, it's a big worthiness thing. If we don't feel worthy of giving ourselves that love, and I mean love as a noun, but also love as a verb, like how are we treating ourselves? What are we feeding ourselves? What are we putting our bodies through? Like love as a verb, 
when we don't feel worthy of receiving it for ourselves or giving it to ourselves, we're not going to be able to give it and receive it to and from others. So it, it does, it's that internal, external push and pull. But really when, again, the first step is that awareness of seeing when those voices are showing up and recognizing them kind of like they're external, like they're, they're not us, like, and being able to just say that is, I, I, I distinguish it, the data versus the drama, right? So using an example of a chocolate chip cookie, because we know I love chocolate chip cookies, you know, the data is I ate a cookie. The drama is that was bad. That was wrong. That was fattening. Oh my gosh, I'm going to gain so much weight. All of the things, the story, the meaning, the or added I might justification. As well eat a whole box of chocolate chip cookies because I'm never going to eat them again. Exactly. Sorry, I had to add that. I one love in there. it. Okay. Please do because it's very relevant. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but the everything else, the data is I ate a cookie. And so it's never the circumstance or the data that causes us to feel bad, to feel those air quotes negative emotions, the, the shame, the sadness, the guilt, the fear, the, the self-hate, all that. It's our thoughts about that circumstance. And so when we separate the actual circumstance as data from the drama, aka our thoughts that we're creating about it, everything transforms. Same thing with your body, right? A lot of people, I, I talk to a lot of women, they think that their body is a problem. And one of the thoughts that I work on a lot with my clients is like, your body is your body. It's your thoughts about your body that are causing you to feel a certain way and then act a certain way. And there's this cascade. So, you know, while your body is your body as it is right now, right? This acceptance conversation, like accepting the data of this is my body right now. What are the thoughts that I can shift right now? Because the reality is, is right this second, I can't change the shape, body composition of my body, but I can change my thoughts which will then change my feelings, which will then affect my behaviors and actions, which will then end up changing the result of how I feel about my body. But again, this is all in the context of first, we have to take radical ownership of like, you know what, getting to that point where we get so sick and tired of treating ourselves with such self-hate and disrespect that we draw that line in the sand and, they, and we say enough is enough. I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. You know, so that's a bigger conversation, but I think that's actually the first conversation that has to happen. That's the big macro of all the micro stuff I just talked about, which is like really having that enough is enough point. Not like a lot of women, I think, experience that enough is enough point of like, okay, I got to do something. I got to lose weight. And that's where they go towards that restriction disordered mentality. Right. But what if the new line in the sand was like, no, I am done treating myself like gum on the bottom of my shoe. And that has to shift my thoughts, my beliefs, my behaviors that are causing me to think and act and feel and behave like there's something wrong with me. What if that's what we spent $70 billion transforming in this world? Oh my gosh, like that would be amazing. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like I've been on a fast track in a new direction, but I constantly get kind of bumped or derailed in a sense because, well, some old patterns pop up, but I do my best to get back on track. But then the world just pounds me with all, it's like it's raining all this other stuff and I can't escape it. Totally. And I know others have to feel the same way, yeah. especially when if you're in the beginning of this work, 
I'll just say it's not easy, but it is so worth it. But the society certainly doesn't do us any favors. So yeah, if we could shift that narrative, like as a culture and start investing in that, that would be, I'd be super grateful because it would help me out a lot. Totally. And I think, you know, one of the things I witnessed, I witnessed it within myself and I witnessed it with my clients. When you first start going down this path, I'll say this, I'll I'll be bold and say food isn't the problem either. It's our thoughts about food that are the problem, right? You want to change your brain. You change the trajectory of your thoughts. That is how you rewire your brain. This concept of rewiring your brain is very in vogue right now, but it's a lot of like positive thinking and fake fake it till you make it and think your way positive. And that doesn't work because thinking your way positive, you know, say like, this is the last time I'm going to do this. Or, you know, I really love my body when in reality, your subconscious mind or your self-image is saying, no, you don't really love your body. You're basically calling BS on yourself, right? And positive thinking will last for a little while, but it doesn't change the brain. When you go down this road of really transforming the brain, really changing the way that you process thoughts and the way that you create thoughts, um, what I notice with myself and what I notice with my clients is first, they go through a phase of kind of anger of like, oh my gosh, how did I buy into these lies? Like, how did I get bamboozled, you know, by this diet culture? And then it slowly, as they learn compassion for themselves, it shifts to compassion, you know? So I I have questions all the time of like, hey, I I went out to dinner with my girlfriends and they're sitting there and they're obsessing over how many calories is in the salad dressing. And part of what I invite them to do is just like, first of all, be grateful of like, hey, I'm so grateful I'm not playing that game anymore. Like this is just no longer the conversations that I'm entertaining, right? But also extend them compassion because they don't know what they don't know and they're on their own journey. And just like you had to figure out, like, this is not the road I want to go down anymore. These are not the conversations I want to entertain. They have to, too. And it's transformative. Okay, so I want to dig a little deeper into this dinner scenario because some people might find themselves in this position where they're out with friends and someone's talking about a diet. And yeah, it's like, oh, you blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But you also don't want to be rude or project your ways like you're high and mighty and you need to be more like me. So is it just that you keep it internal and just make sure you send the message to your brain like, "Uh uh-uh, not going to get into this conversation and it's fine that I'm not this way. And then again, have the compassion. Like, is that where you would recommend we end it? It's a great question and it's an interesting conversation. But one of the things I teach my clients is just kind of not to add fuel to the fire, you know, and to really be a model of what they are embodying rather than speaking it and trying to preach it. I can't teach you balance when you're if you're learning how to ride a bike, like I can't teach you how to ride a bike. Like I can talk to you about balance and I can talk to you about riding a bike, but like you have to actually experientially learn balance, right? This whole healing process and and reestablishing a new relationship with food, like you can't give it to somebody. You can't force it on somebody. They have to like find their own path and come to the awareness that like they want it. But when you're in those situations, like one of the easiest things to do is, like I said, not entertain those conversations. And just if somebody's like, oh my gosh, like this is so fattening, like what are you going to order? You know, one of the things that I invite my clients to say is something along the lines of like, you know what, I'm, I'm trying on this whole new thing where I'm just listening to my body and I'm listening to what my hunger is telling me right now, or I'm just listening to more intuitive cues and I'm not playing the whole judge myself around food game like I used to, or whatever that version of them that is for them, right? Because if I'm speaking about my relationship with food, it's not offensive to anybody else. It's my own perception of my views. Like, hey, this is what I struggled with. I really was struggling in that game of 
judging myself and shaming myself and obsessing over what I was eating. And now I'm playing this new game. I'm trying on this new thing where I'm really making peace with food. I'm really making peace with my body and I'm just entertaining new conversations and just being a stand for what you believe in. And I'm not preaching to you. I'm not telling you, you should try it. I'm just saying, this is who I am now. This is how I'm choosing to show up now. I like that showing by example. And it's if they end up getting offended by you sharing your new ways about it, that's your story and you're talking about you, then that's also not on you. Absolutely. And that's not for you to worry about. But oftentimes we can get wrapped around what other people are going to think. And if you've done it in a very gentle, respectful, kind way, I like the way you threw that out there as an as an example of how to handle it. Cause it's like, hey you know what? I don't know if someone else is freaking out what they're going to order. You're going to show like, actually, I'm not freaking out about it. I might get the burger tonight. I might get the salad. Don't know yet. Yeah, exactly. And when you are able to hold that space for yourself and, and again, all I can do is influence how compassionately and intentionally I communicate something to somebody and how they receive it that again, that's not on me, you know, but again, you're really just showing and kind of leading by example. And if they want to ask questions about what that is, then you can invite them into a conversation. But this kind of conversation is not one that needs to be pushed on anyone. You're not persuading anybody, which I mean, think about diet culture. It's like, hey, you should try this keto. I'm doing no carb or whatever it is. And like, it's very kind of like almost forceful sometimes, right? Because it's in vogue and it's like, almost like trying to build a community of, I want other people to do it with me. And it's like, what I say is I'm like, what you eat, it is none of my business. Right. It's right. a personal, mm-hmm. it's a personal relationship, you know? Yeah. I think that that's an important thing to, to make note of, of is commenting on what someone is eating or how much they have eaten. Mm-hmm. Like, is that all you're going to eat? Or, oh my gosh, did you eat all that? Right. Little comments like that are not necessary, yeah. but again, sometimes just come out as like not harmful, but can be extremely detrimental to yeah. somebody. Absolutely. And it's the same thing. People are like, oh, you look like you've lost weight or you look whatever. You look great. And so thanks. I've, I've just been really focusing on taking care of myself lately. You know, it's not like, oh, I've been trying this new diet craze or whatever, like receive the compliment with grace, you know, but again, kind of redirect the conversation. So it's not going towards what you're eating or how much you're working out at CrossFit or whatever it is. Right. It's about like, hey, I'm really just taking this new approach. I'm, I'm working on the inner game now. Yeah. And I think too, something we uh, try to encourage here too, is not complimenting someone on their body or their looks or, or their workout or anything like that, because you never know what's really going on inside. And so, but yeah, if you're receiving a compliment like that, you can't help what someone else says to you, but there, that is an interesting way to like not feed into the compliment, but redirect it. But yeah, just another reminder too of like, it's so, it's so hard. I mean, I've, I've caught myself doing it and I now know better, but sometimes I see someone, I'm like, oh my gosh, you look so good. Like just naturally it comes out. Have you been working out? Right. And then I'm like, oh, why did I just say that? And we're not on the, it's a, it's not a game of perfection. We're learning too, you know? And, you know, one of the things I notice, I, since I started doing this work, I'm like, I notice when people look happier, I'm like, wow, you look, you're glowing right now. What's, what's new with you? Instead of saying, Hey, you look really good right now. Or like, you look like you've lost weight. Like, and it engages them in conversation, you know, even just when somebody's going through a tough time, like even just helping them focus on what is good. Cause we forget about that too. You know, Lisa and I like to use radiant. You, mm, I love so, that. If someone is yes. looking radiant or you're getting that vibe from love them, it. that that's like a, could be a really good way to compliment someone. And so I, I want you, the listener, if you are in an, a negative thought pattern with yourself, I know we kind of detoured talking about a hypothetical dinner scenario mm-hmm. where you might be in a situation if diet talk comes up, but 
Let's circle back before we close up with the negative talk to yourself. I want to end with that again. Just want to encourage you to, you know, think about what you would say to a best friend or a loved one or a daughter or a son. And I've had friends remind me of this if they've heard me talking negatively about myself and they're like, hey, come on, why do you keep saying that to yourself? You know, it's just it's just a good reminder of like filtering through like why am I okay with saying this to myself if I wouldn't say it to somebody else that I loved? Absolutely. And it's just raising the bar on yourself and raising the bar on how you're willing to treat yourself. You know, we pride ourselves in how we treat our friends and, you know, follow through on promises that we make to our friends. It's like, what if we started really flipping that script and raising the bar on how we treat ourselves and raising the bar on, again, you know, coming back to the the food and body conversation, like, you know, now that you have the awareness or if you're kind of stepping into the awareness that maybe this whole, you know, restricting and counting and weighing and measuring conversation isn't actually serving me or isn't actually healthy for me, you know, and I find with most women that I talk to, it moves them in the opposite direction of health and the opposite direction of of happiness. And to boot, it's not even helping them lose weight. You know, it's sending them on that up, down, all, all or nothing on off, you know, trajectory. But what if you raise the bar on your willingness to treat yourself like something that needs to be perfected and starved and controlled and restricted and punished and just started looking for another path. Because just like we talked about, that new path is a lot more readily available than it was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like so much so. There are so many resources out there. I mean, that's why I love co-hosting this podcast with Lisa. How I found her was on Instagram and I did her program, Fork the Noise. And I thought that that was so clever. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. She's literally wanting to shut down the noise in my brain. Love it. And I, I love that you're in the same field and that I met you through our friend, Laura Lee Balance, who's a holistic chef and has amazing cookbooks and definitely people should check out her recipes. But I know on your website, leanneellington.com, you have info. And then I know you have another link that might be more helpful to your webinar. Yeah. So for anyone who's really interested in just exploring this conversation and want wants to look at the nuts and bolts of like, what does it look like to bring this new way of thinking to life? I've created a webinar called Stressless Eating. So really stressing less about food, but stressing less in your head, your heart, your mind, your body, your brain, all of it stresslesseating.com where I've laid out the five-step game plan that I teach all of my female clients to really just eradicate self-sabotage and that all-or-nothing diet mentality so you can just heal your relationship with food and and be done with it and spend your time and energy, heart and soul on the things you really want to be spending it on. So stresslesseating.com, you can get access to that free webinar anytime. Well, I appreciate you coming on to, to chat with me. You have been an inspiration to me for sure ever since you know I was introduced to you last year. So very thankful for women out there that are really dedicated and have made it their life's passion and are working with others to really help break this, break the cycle that we have all been this ride. We've yeah. been taken on a ride. Absolutely. And I feel like y'all y'all are helping, you know, helping us escape the ride. Yeah, I so, love how you put that. That yeah. roller coaster. There's an exit plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. So y'all check her out, leanneellington.com, and that'll get you links to everything. Okay, well, I'll say that your website one more time, leanneellington.com. And wait, wait, quickly before you go, I did want you to touch on this a second ago. So now we'll circle back and end with it. But self-sabotage just came to me. Can you just clarify what that is? Because I think sometimes people do wonder like, wait, what what exactly is self-sabotage? 
Yeah, I think, you know, self-sabotage to me is a myth, right? And what happens is we witness ourselves time and time again saying we're going to do something, not following through, not having the discipline and the willpower, and we we give up or we, you know, air quotes fail, and we think that there's something wrong with us or that we're self-sabotaging. And I don't believe that any woman actually says like, you know what, I'm going to actually sabotage myself. What happens is our nervous system, our mind, our brain, our body, our spirit, it gets so weighed down by with what I call the weight of the weight that it has no choice. It gets overwhelmed. Like we have very limited amounts of willpower at our access, right? And we run out of it. And so when we set ourselves up for a game where we are reliant on willpower, where we're playing the game of control, restriction, deprivation, counting, weighing, measuring, obsessing, that that whole game of the disordered eating, we have no choice but to rely on our very limited stores of willpower. And once they're gone, they're gone. And it's, again, we have fired and wired coping mechanisms in our brain. So if you're fired and wired to reach for sugar, or maybe you're fired and wired to numb out on Netflix or, you know, mindlessly scroll on Instagram, whatever it is, this is not a mind thing. You can't out mindset it. It's a brain thing. Your brain is fired and wired to reach for it when you can't possibly withstand that, what I call losing game, like a losing game, meaning it's a game that you don't want to win because it's no fun and you really can't win. Like you're not set up for success. So that's where the self-sabotage comes in. When that happens, we paint a story that there's something wrong with us that we're doing this, that we're the problem. And we are inadvertently the problem, but we're the solution. Like I said before, it's a strategy problem. It's not an us problem. It's we're playing a losing game that we can't win. Not even the most willpower driven, motivated woman could. I love that right there. We are the solution. Again, it's going to take some effort it is possible. Yeah. And we can do it. Absolutely. It's got to be a paradigm shift, you know, show noticing that the path we're going down is never going to get us the freedom because really women don't want weight loss. They want the freedom and the permission and the, and the choice and the self-love that they think they'll feel when they attain that weight loss. But you know, what if you started at freedom and happiness and health and, and self-love and brought that with you into the food and body conversation that right. would change the paradigm and not have to, then you you're free from having to conform to what society says you're supposed to absolutely look like, oh yeah, we could talk all day. I think so. Oh, Leanne, yeah. thank you so much thank for you coming for on me. and Outway fam. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next Saturday. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.